Welcome into the Overtime Podcast. It's, I don't know, show number seven, I guess, Brandon okay. Spratt. We get things going here. We're at Braemar Arena where it's picture day. And the spot in which that we recorded our first Inside the Bubble program, you and Matt Harrington hosting each and every week as you bring the sights and sounds of boys and girls high school hockey. Right now the girls hockey uh, is on center stage as, of course, they get the early jump. And uh, they're practicing and getting things going. Games start on the 9th of November, a couple days away from this uh, posting, which is here on Monday, uh, of course. And uh, there's plenty to talk about, obviously. Sections and section realignment and how all that happens. And uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to hear from Tracy Cassano. Uh, She'll be calling in on the phone a little bit later on in the program. And then Brandon and I will take you through a quick overview, some storylines and some things to be watching for in girls' high school hockey. Brandon, thanks for joining us. Yeah, good to be here, Pete. Thanks for having me. Like you said, we just uh, finished up our filming, which honestly went swimmingly, didn't it? It was it, it was great. I, I had a, a couple of technical gaffes, let's be honest. Yeah. But I think we cut I think we cut our recording time down by like uh, you I know mean what? an hour or two. You know what? It was very efficient and if we if this was episode one, I, I'm impressed you know oh, it'll only get I well you guys were really good though. I mean, you know, part of Part of putting together a program is having talent that can speak and not have a script. The majority of the newsies, you watch them, they're they're reading. You know, they're not they're not ad libbing. And, and like when there's a disaster that you see a, an anchor, they've got to go off script. All hell breaks loose. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen some doozies here locally in this market. It's like you have the ad libbing skills of a BB. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just said it. I didn't say who. It's just <laughs> you didn't. just pick one. No, I, you're. It's fair. I mean, you. Yeah. They couldn't BS their way out of a wet paper sack if their life depended on it. <laughs> Comedy hour has begun. Okay, here we go. Okay, so girls <laughs> hockey. Obviously, one of the big topics that we talked about on the uh, program were the uh, sections, and you, you kind of got things set. To me, the one, and it's interesting, your take was a little bit different. Let's go to the Class A first. Okay. Was the difference between two and, and Holy leaving two, Holy Angels, and dipping into the uh, uh, they, four. They left five, actually. Check that. The five into yep. the four. Five into the four, yep. And uh, that opened up the spot again for Orono. I don't know how much play they're going to have there. But you got South St. Paul, you got Blake, and you got the Academy of Holy Angels. All very firm, solid clubs. And you know what? It's To me, I think Holy Angels is the team. But don't say that to Dave Palmquist. His club is awesome. Like, they're always good. Yeah. He's it, got a player. Well, yeah, he does. But and well, uh, so I'm I'm so excited, of course, to get our season kicked off. But how about Holy Angels and South St. Paul playing such an important game? Literally, it's their first game of the season for both teams. I know. And who's on the call? That would be yours truly. I'm I'm very excited uh-huh. for that. I can't wait for that game. It's going to be awesome. Ryan Lemire is really excited from uh, the Academy yeah. of Holy Angels that will be on all of their games on the MN Hockey well, TV. And they it's are be playing awesome. a very tough schedule, and it's early, right? It's not like they're building into it. Like it is South St. Paul and War Road on the opening weekends. You throw in Proctor Hermantown. I mean, they've played three of the top teams by the end of November. So. I, you're, you're, I think you're on to something. I think Coach Lemire knows that he's in a challenging section, and they're going to take that task head on and, and try to you know, be playing their best hockey come February, as is always the coach uh, speak, if you will, right? Well, and knowing him the way I do, it's a kind of a why not? You oh, know, yeah. I mean, he believes in his group for sure. He does. And uh, I think he's saying, hey, let's just get after it and see, see what can happen here, and, and why not? But when you look at the girls' Class A, it's always a little bit 
One, two, and three, pretty much no. Four and five, but then it's pretty much up in the air. I don't know. It feels to me this year that there's a lot more depth in this Class A field than what we've seen in a long time. I mean, I go all the way down to, like, some of the preseasons, like our Care 11, Top 11s, and, and, and those types. But, I mean, there, there's teams that are 15, 14, 13, 12, 11. All of them have every reason to say we could be in the state tournament. All of them have every reason to be competitive. I absolutely agree with that statement. Um, War Road was the runaway train favorites all season last year. They repeated. I forget what their state quarterfinal score was against Albert Lee, but it was pretty absurd. Um, I don't think we'll see a game like that in the Class A state tournament this year. Orono maybe would be capable of, of that as, you know, I would say a, a decent favorite in Class A this year, but I really do think the, I think the word I used on the show is the compression, right? right? The compression from 2 to 13, 14, 15, it's, it's not as much as it has been. No, there's been, there's been some drop-off in the past where you'd say, oof, where do we go from Team 6 on down yep. or Team 5? Yep. It's different. Uh, you know, and then obviously, you know, you guys mentioned on the show about the graduation rate up at War Road, how they lost a ton of players. We're not going to hammer on it too hard, but all of the stuff in the news that kind of went on. And you know what, uh, War Road, uh, I saw a statement. I'm not sure where it came from that said, just stop, stop. There are coaches. It's It's been handled. M move along. That's pretty much what I read. And hopefully the kids can play hockey mm -hmm. and that everything will work out. I'm just going to leave my statement there. Uh, yeah, I don't need to add anything to that. I, I don't need to touch that one. Was there a problem with what I said? Or are you okay no, with it? No, I'm fine with it. Okay. I just personally, I'm, I'm okay. I'm just trying to draw your opinion out. So No, you're good. You, you, folks, if you can see the body language here, it's like just shut up, Wags. Let's go on. Next topic. Uh, moving over to the class AA, uh, that's where things get a little bit interesting, I think, because – there are players that kind of defined what was going to happen from year to year. And obviously the obvious one is Uma Cornier in goal for Edina. You think about Ella Berger for her years at Andover. And you think about, uh, I mean, two or three players at Minnetonka yeah. in their years. And so, you know, it kind of like went around those three teams. It was everybody else and them. You look at this season and you say, okay, is it someone else in them, or is it a bunch in them? And, uh, you, know, you know, I'm watching the Cedina team practice. They got a lot of skill and talent. I watch their goaltenders. There's, like, zero drop-off. That's a statement and a half, but they're not going to be hurt for goaltending. They're, they're going to be just fine there. Yep. Then you look at Minnetonka. They're just absolutely stacked. Hey, Holy Family Catholic just had DeFaw dip over. Now he's on the coaching staff. Brad, of course, okay. the, the yep. former Apple Valley Eagle. And you, you go, okay, you, you look at this and you go, oh, where are they fitting into this mix? We've talked a lot about Benilde St. Margaret's, feeling like maybe each year they're inching closer and closer to getting back to the XL Energy Center. Uh, I think they have a definite shot. Uh, but this team in green, white, and gold is going to probably say something about that. But then you can't forget about Stillwater. You can't think about Maple, forget about Maple Grove. You can't forget about those two teams. What about Mercury Bischoff and Grand Rapids mm -hmm. Greenway? Roseau is going to be competitive this year. I mean. You haven't even said the, the A1 yet. Well, they're given. They're part of the <laughs> us group. That, I know, I no, know. No, no, no. But, but I mean, well, the, the, uh, the A word, of course, Andover, 
I mean, let's be honest, it, it, it goes through them. It probably, yeah, I mean, it, you really look at their, and overall, I'll start there with their class of 2025, that's now juniors. Uh, it's a much talked about class, of course. When they were 15 A's, they went undefeated. When they were freshmen in high school, they went undefeated. Now, obviously, there was a lot of talent ahead of that, but it's more or less becoming their team. I mean, you have some really talented seniors like Nora Sauer and Kaylin Mum, you know, that will lead the way. But, you know, if, if that 2025 class, you know, is this their time to really take over? I don't know the answer to that because Edina's won several youth state tournaments as well at kind of that 12 and 15 uh, a level so short answer I don't know but uh, you know we I don't know if I'm going to sound biased from our seat where we're sitting at Braemar Arena but I, I, I don't know I have a good feeling about this I, I team. don't know about any team that we're talking about that's had any move-ins than the Edina the Edina team it's so those youth teams that you're talking about this is them right from day one yes and there, there aren't free agents that have signed the multi-year packs so it, it's kind of like are these are these kids in sync? I mean, are they, you know, does oh, well, that matter? I mean, I, I mean, it can't hurt. Look to the top of the program, right? I mean, who's your head coach? I mean, she runs a good practice. She, oh, my gosh. Have you been enjoying it? <laughs> she runs a good practice. All of these players, whether they're with the Z-Dyna team that we're out here watching uh, for our first bubble show, or if it's Andover, Minnetonka, Holy Family, Maple Grove, Stillwater, Grand Rapids, Greenway, I'm not leaving people out on purpose, just like ripping down teams that come to mind off the top of my head. You think about the girls' Upper Midwest High School Elite League. You were able to call a lot of those games. We know the boys' Elite League's been absolutely battered and bruised because everybody leaves and does before and after and, you know, whatever. It You know, for whatever reason, let's say. And it seems like most come back. But if you really want to watch high school's very, very best players at the girls' level, you go to the Elite League and go, holy smokes. Mm -hmm. What was your take with the level of talent we have here in Minnesota as they played in the NIT against the other teams from what you saw? That's a very good question. Um, it, the NIT was such a fun weekend, especially to get to see um, some of the other top talents that have, you know, are starting to commit from other parts of the country and even the world in, in some cases. Um, yeah, in terms of Minnesota, it's, it's, uh, it, there is a very good senior class this year. A couple that stand out to me is actually one in front of us here, Hannah Halverson. Her elite league, I thought, was absolutely tremendous. And one thing that stood out to me, and I don't know if we're going to see it this year, so I'm going to be paying close attention, but I think in the past we've seen Hannah Halverson playing on the wing for some of these good Edina centers. We have. She, she was playing as an all-action center. It was incredible. How was she in the D zone? Very, very good. I was very well, impressed. The one thing about her that I think stands out from almost every player that I've watched growing up, and I've known her since she was a little kid, yeah, like, you were her skating coach, first, right? First, I taught her how to skate. Yeah, picking pick up the the bean the bean bags or right, whatever. Right, right. No, but but like she had a competitive will and spirit about mm -hmm. her when she was like five and six years old, four years mm -hmm. old, whatever it was. And she had it when she was young on this team, and she would stick her nose in. Yep. But you want a high compete player like like a Yule Erickson Eck on the Wild who will do whatever they take from the dots down to help your team win those board battles. It's not pretty. It doesn't show up in the box score. But she, of all of the high school players I've watched, has that intangible uh, give-a-rip factor because she does. 
I think I think playing center for her is an absolute huge move. I would love to see it for this season. I really want to see it. And if that's your one-two with then another player that had a similar turn last year in Lorelai Nelson, who, I mean, she was the – so MSP Magazine is, is sort of the – it's usually the top – or this year was the top juniors. And they load those up. Yeah. Right, exactly, uh, in the Elite League. Lorelai Nelson was the only sophomore on that entire roster. I mean, if that's your one-two center, and you good know what's luck. funny about her is um, you see her confidence increase not by the year, not by the month, but by the day. I, I think each time you watch her play, her confidence gets higher and higher, and she is so good on the puck. But her hands down and around the net are oh, yeah. so fast, man. It's she, just like zip zap. She boom. scores some gritty, gritty goals down there. Not afraid to, that to kid take a cross check. That kid could be a pro. Hundred percent agree. There's a well, and that's another thing. We don't have to go too deep, but think about that. There's a lot of these kids that could become pros. Really? Well, that's the interesting part. And that kind of came back to my initial question with what it looked like with, with the Nahas of the world yep, and, yep. and the Stansted colleges and you know all of those other programs that were here, Shattuck and whatnot. You know, those were the very, very best Minnesota had to offer. Do you feel like our depth at the girls game is getting better? You know, what is this your fourth season now of mm -hmm. calling games here with us? Do you think it's gotten better from what you're seeing from day one? Yeah. The depth. Yes. I, I would probably say so. And it, it is tougher, I think, this year because we've that class of 2023 really was special. And I, I think this 2024 class is really good, but they maybe don't have that the star power at the top. And, you know, I'm, I'm willing to be convinced and, you know, someone go grab those headlines. I mean, a Josie St. Martin certainly makes a case for it. She's – she was absolutely incredible in the NIT as well. But, you know, the, the game I'll use as an example, it's a game that I did get to do. It was, um, I forget the sponsor, Empowers, right? Yep. As, as our top team here. Tommy Powers. Yes, exactly. And I got to do their first game of the weekend against uh, Bishop Carney, who actually went on to defeat Shattuck St. Mary's the next day. And they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with that Bishop Carney team for half you know, of that game. Whenever you say Bishop Carney, you know what I think of? I think of that football team. You know, yes. they had on that special. Yeah, yeah. What was that? Bishop something? You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Team. I do. Every time I hear you mention Bishop, Bishop Carney, Carney and I this know. thing, I think of that. I know. But Bishop Carney, I mean, they were incredible. And, and Empowers really stuck with them for about half of that 45-minute game. And then, you know, after that, Bishop Carney kind of took over. But you, but like you said, it, the depth piece versus the high end. And uh, Bishop Carney, you know, we're, I know we're focusing on the Minnesota high school game, but they have a player, um, Nella Lopushinova, the young Slovakian, who she's a sophomore. I'm not kidding. She is the best girls hockey player I've ever seen at that age in four years, easily. Why? The hands, the skill. She's the, the one who pulled off the Michigan at the uh, under-18 World Championships and all these other highlight reel goals. Her, I swear, her backhand is, I, it's incredible. It was laser-like. It was. It was. You, I have not seen a player with a backhand like that. By the way, we'd like to remind you that among our sponsors of MN Hockey T TV coverage is Red Black Hockey, formerly known as Red Black League. It's now Red Black mm -hmm. Hockey. A little more encompassing into yes. skill development and training. Check them out at redblackhockey.com. Joe Pankratz, of course, the head coach of the Prior Lake Lakers, Steve Allenson. That was an on-air sneeze. You didn't hear sneeze that, Sneeze take. You? I didn't. That's what the mute button does. Wow, that came out. Of, you know how it just, like, pops up? Yeah. It, it was like a pop-up that, storm. That's quite useful. 
It was there, a, that it, button it, for you. It was electric. Your beeper um, button. It was electric. It gave me a headache, that sneeze. <laughs> you have that little pressure. Uh, Steve Allison, of course, Hanny, part of the whole group there. Uh, they've got some really good things coming together, and I believe they have their uh, championship game here tonight of their playoffs. Yes. Uh, they've got the uh, Retro and Legends going at it, the North Metro and South Metro, 7-15 down at Ritter Arena. We will be streaming their games and their playoffs next year. Um, our guys got with their guys. That would be me and them. And uh, we said, let's do this. So we're looking very forward to ink the deal. Yep, ink uh, the deal. Very, get the, very get the lawyers involved. Absolutely. Yep. yep. So um, final uh, question for you here. Uh, I asked Sidney Wolf the same thing. Nope. What, uh, give, give me your top two storylines on the year. Oh. Wow. That's very interesting. Um, top two storylines. Okay, I'm going to go one from each class. Class A is can War Road get back to the state tournament? They are going to be pushed, but they're going to play a tough schedule as they always do. And I'm just, I don't know, it, it's a sneaking suspicion, but if Warroad can get to the state tournament, this team absolutely could make a day two appearance. Um, and then, gosh, wow, but you know what? You, you'd put me on the spot. Well done. Um, it's Thank a you. tough, tough question. Um, hmm. <laughs> I'm just looking at my sections here. Um, you know, I'll go, I, I think it's, it's focused. It's a game we've seen here at Braemar a couple years in a row now. I'm going to say Holy Family. Is this the year? <laughs> it was one of mine. Was it? Yeah. Mine was how Holy does War Road handle all of the uh, news Okay. and how do they work through it. So we're kind of thinking the same way. And then it's uh, what happens come playoff time. So we see people playing in the Walzer tournament here in yep. this, this amazing event. Fun. Yep. Um, do the teams that are playing well then continue to play well a couple a month and a half later, two months later? And then finally, Gentry Academy, what will happen to them? Can yeah. Moa Anansen get that back uh, and keep it rolling? Uh, they had a ton of graduations. She's a very confident coach. Yeah. So we'll see what they can do. Uh, we'll have them on the network, too, looking very forward to that. So I do I do have one final one, too, just kind of in that holy family vein because their opponents, Minnetonka, of course, a big piece of that. I know a lot has been, you know, spilled over, you know, the, the D1 players that they had. I'll just tell you, based on what I saw from their forwards that returned in the Elite League, this Minnetonka team is going to be very good. They have a grit to them that I don't know that they've maybe had before. And uh -oh. not to say that they've never, you know, but I, I think I think this could be a very frisky Minnetonka team. We'll watch that yes. one very, yes. very closely. Great segue because you're going to lead us into oh, uh, Tracy. Coach Tracy Cassano. Uh, she'll be joining us on the phone. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have Tracy Cassano right after this. Brandon, thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you. Man needs meat. Youngins especially need meat. But you can't send nippers to school with a T-bone in their pocket. So arm them with Jack Link's Beef Sticks. It's a tasty protein treat that says, grow, you good thing. Plus, it's gluten and MSG free, which should please just about every mom, except the vegetarians. So if you're fed up with seeing mice bites out of their packed lunch, get the beef stick out. Jack Link's, feed your wild side. Welcome back into the Overtime Podcast. I'm Pete Wagner, and... As things can go in this business, sometimes there are things that can come up. So Tracy Cassano will not be available for our program today as uh, she had a family emergency to attend to in Colorado. And uh, we wish uh, her and the Cassano family all the best uh, as they uh, take care of business there. So 
we downshifted and we have a very compelling interview with the Academy of Holy Angels stars girls head hockey coach Ryan Lemire as they prepare for what's going to be a huge game coming up against the South St. Paul Packers to open their season on Saturday. And you can check it out right here on the MNHockey.tv. Let's check in now with Ryan Lemire. Welcome into the program. We have Ryan Lemire, the head coach of the Academy of Holy Angels Stars. They came off a 26-1 and season last year, including 10-1 and in the Metro West Conference, a very competitive Metro West Conference, may I add. And this team is loaded, folks, as they return just about everybody but a couple of players that got regular minutes and time on this hockey team last year. Uh, they were uh, loaded with uh, underclassmen last year, have some big senior leadership as well. And this is a team that has moved into the Section 4A, which will be of uh, serious interest as they have the South St. Paul Packers staring them down in the section. So we're going to get out of the shoot here with Ryan Lemire. First of all, thanks for joining us here today. I know you uh, have to make money for a living as well, so thanks for doing that, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Great well, intro, too. Uh, thank you. Well, the fact of the matter <laughs> is uh, the South St. Paul Packers have been perennial to the state tournament 2022-23. Uh, of course, we know all about their legend back in the day in the 90s when they were one of like four or five teams that were really, you know, uh, groundbreaking uh, path setters for uh, girls high school hockey. Uh, Dave Palmquist has been there forever and a day. He has 655 wins to his ledger. So you've got a very good hockey club that's very structured that you have to open up your season with. And then on top of that, work through in the uh, playoffs. This has got section seating implications written all over it. Let, we'll get into that game first, and then we'll backtrack into your team. Can you talk a little bit about the game and the importance of it and where it fits being game one and being a sectional game? Absolutely. There's, uh, I think it is spot on, too, with South St. Paul and the history there with uh, Dave Palmquist and that program. It's a phenomenal program with a lot of history. And, and one other note is it's actually the, uh, the 30-year anniversary, uh, the first high school hockey game in girls hockey that uh, that was ever played between Holy Angels and South St. Paul. So it was kind of the reason before we moved from uh, Section 5 to Section 4, we had this game set up as, as to open up the year, just given the, the history and implications on it. And, and now, obviously, moving sections and having them as a as a section rival is, uh, is going to be fun. But, you know, taking a step back and thinking about this game and, and really the first seven, eight games out of the shoot um, – you know, we're, we're obviously going to be competitive, try to try to win, but also think about the end goal, which is, is us making the state tournament and, and ultimately, hopefully, uh, hopefully winning it. So um, really, really excited for the, uh, the first game. Whoa, you made news there. So we got to start back. Anytime you do a podcast or a radio show, you know, your, your bosses always say, Peter, make news. I'm like, okay, how do I do that? Well, Brian Lemire just gave me a major nugget. So are, are you, are you telling me that you guys first played each other 30 years ago to the day tomorrow on the 11th of November? Is that correct? It, not to the day. I think it was November 19th. You might have to, to fact check the exact date. To the yes, week. To, to the week. week. And that represented um, the but, first ever girls high school hockey game? Yes, but it was 19. So it was 1994. So technically this is the 30th season, but the actual... 30th exact anniversary would be 2024 next fall, but he's next this year and, and next season. we plan. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, I did not know that the Academy of Holy Angels uh, introduced girls hockey as one of the originals. I didn't know that. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Wow. So, uh, and then you and Dave got together and say, hey, how cool it'd be for us to celebrate that. Is that kind of how this got put together? Yes. Yeah, so we play in the South St. Paul uh, holiday tournament, the Kaposia Classic. Right. And um, when we were there last uh, last year, we, we had talked about it and said, hey, we got to got to get get a game on the pad early next year given the, uh, the anniversary and the celebration of, of girls high school hockey you know who's going to go nuts is brandon spratt the play-by-play guy he's going to lose his mind over the historical uh component to this so, <laughs> so the, two, the two of you better be ready you're going to have mike stuck in front of your grills post game regardless of score <laughs> so so get ready to answer a lot of history lesson questions so that's awesome brandon's, I yeah. brandon's the best i love him so he's he, there's yeah. nobody better but i know he's going to eat this one up it's it's so good uh, yes. expectations. Obviously, your team is is stacked with returners. And obviously, with Bella Lemire and Audrey Garten leading the way with, what, 78 points combined last year, they're back. You also have Taylor Lesnar as well. Very strong there. I mean, you go your, your top returning, what, five or six scorers are back on this year's team. Incrementally, how do you see these players getting better through the summer and through age and strength? Some of them have committed to colleges now, and they've got that burden off their shoulders. What are you seeing as far as in practice from summer to now, any growth at all? Um, well, we've seen, seen a ton. I mean, we're initially out of the gates just two weeks in, but the overall feel of them uh, leading, you know, our returners leading, leading the pack and leading the team, it's a – a different cadence, a different pace, um, and just kind of this overall approach to uh, to every single day um, getting better and and bringing the compete up uh, a lot higher. You know, over the summer, these kids um, are multi-sport athletes, uh, so not only are they working out and, and playing in various uh, leagues in hockey, but they're playing other sports as well. I mean, take Audrey Garden, um, for example. She uh, she won Miss Soccer this year. Um, and for for holy angels so you have a, a d1 commit to to play hockey and and wins miss soccer um in soccer and i think really you know that that's a reflection of a lot of our players and and the athletes they are and you know a few of the new players and and returners that you know some that came from jv up to varsity there's just a um a really really good feel and an approach to uh, to the season out of the gate. So um, a lot of people worked, a lot of kids worked, coaches worked, um, and uh, we're coming in uh, motivated as can be here this year. So super excited. Was she getting a lot of like soccer teams saying, "Come on, uh, we need you"? Uh, that had to be happening. <laughs> and and what, what did that push pull look like for her? Um, yes, the answer is yes. She did uh, her and and even her soccer coach who. Um, obviously, you have a player like that on your team. It's uh, it's something to where you you love to see them excel at the excel at the sport, and um, you know it, it it's a, a pleasant problem is what we always told Audrey. You know, you're you're doing a great job in in both sports and getting uh, um, you know looks from various colleges. And at the end of the day, I think you know hockey has uh, been something that's uh, been part of her since she was really young, and um, you know from park hockey to traveling to to where she's at and you know it's it, uh, it was a, a tough decision but i still think at the end of the day um something that she had a goal and, and went after and um and not you know obviously succeeded at the, with committing to, to minnesota state how's it been coaching your daughter 
Um, <laughs> it's been it's been great, right? There's there's uh, there's there's a lot of good things, but I think um, for any coach uh, out there that has a, a kid on the team, it, it certainly brings on its challenges as well. Um, you know, it's uh, there's something special about it, but I think um, you know she was on here as well. I think it's uh, it can be hard, you know, uh, as a as a player of, uh, of the coach and, um, but it's, you know, we try to look at all the good that, that is, uh, that, that it is and all the moments and, um, everything that we've had, but, um, you know, I think she's done a, a heck of a job with trying to separate that. And we both have of, of the relationship that we have when we're, um, when we're at the rink and I'm the coach and she's a player and, um, you know, it's, it's been challenging at times, but it's been, uh, it's been awesome and, and certainly aware that's a special, special thing. Come on, man. It doesn't hurt that's, that she totally snips Chaz and the corns. I mean, like, let's be honest. She she can put the puck in the net, leading your club with the 22 tally. So that doesn't hurt, you know. So when, when she's one of your better players, uh, that doesn't hurt. Does she carry on the mentality of the coach as a coach's kid? Um, she. I, mean, I think she carries on the mentality that, you know, as, as me being her coach, that I think that, she feels that there's something to prove that she's her, her, you know, her own self, her own own player. And I think that has provided a, a little bit of a chip on her shoulder and, right. um, and, and she's had some, had some success. So it's, you know, while anything, any of these players, we talk about all the time that there's, you know, not everything's perfect in life and hockey and in sports and, um, how you react, how you handle it, whatever that is that motivates you to, uh, to compete and, and bring yourself to another level, whether it's in, in school or sports or in your family, um, use that. And I think she's done a really good job of, you know, as hard as sometimes it has been that, uh, uh, as a motivation to, to show herself and people that, you know, Hey, look, I, I, I'm a good hockey player and I can, uh, I can do this as well. So well, and, you know, I bring it up to you because a lot of the coaches in your position that have kids on the teams really go over the top to kind of avoid their, their kids or their relatives. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're humble about it. And, you know, you, I think sometimes if, if this player is special, you need to talk about it a little bit. So I went there and I appreciate <laughs> your going. Because it's not, you know, you, you don't want to be that guy, you know. And I, I can remember yeah, back right. probably, what, three years ago, maybe four uh, we were at Buffalo yeah. Wild Wings, and uh, Grizz was doing his post game devouring of the wings. You know, he had the he had the sauce he had the sauce all like spilled up on the side. I'm like, how are you not burning a hole in the side of your cheek right now? But anyway, <laughs> you, you you pop in there, and I'm like, whoa, what? Because like I didn't know you were the coach at the time. It was early in the year, right? Yeah. And I go, whoa, whoa, yeah, what, yeah. what's happening here? And, and, and I remember that. Yeah, and you yeah. had this like uh, cool demeanor about everything, but like this confidence. Because the situation yeah. you came into at the time, maybe the team was not like, you know, putting up a ton of wins. Let's be honest. And yeah. uh, but but you just seemed like really comfortable with what you had and where it was going. Can you look back to that time of coaching and you know, kind of talk about the incremental growth where you've gone, where you guys now are uh, state tournament worthy? Um, did you did you see in the crystal ball that this team could do that back then? Um, I did, you know, initially coming out of the gates, it's, uh, you know, you're hired and new and you're meeting a lot of new players and, and families. And there's a, you know, a certain structure or lack thereof that, that, that was in place. And I think, um, 
you know, so the first year it, it, there was a lot, there was a lot of change. There was a lot of, a lot of things that didn't go great. There's a lot of things that, that I actually would, you know, if I could redo, I, I would change how I approached. And, um, but at the end of the day, you know, you have high school kids, you have, they're playing at, you know, the, the highest level, um, in Minnesota varsity hockey. And you look at, like, we always talk about hockey in Minnesota, you could compare it to something like Texas and football. Like it's, if you're playing varsity hockey in Minnesota, you're at a, a very, very high level and communicating to these kids the importance of just really realizing the experience that we have and how important it is and the intention that, that you bring every single day to the ice. So some of it is like, yeah, there's skill, there's talent, you need to have that, but it's also just this, this ultimate awareness of what we're doing, why we're doing it, why are we going through drills? And so that, that was something we implemented early on. And, um, I think fortunate, you know, for us, it's, uh, the first year we were sub 500 and ever since then, just kind of, uh, you know, the trajectory has been great. And now we're knocking on the door of state and want to take that next step as a program. But, you know, as a coach, you know, big thing for me is just trying to be consistent with, uh, with my energy and my personality and, and understanding that, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's going to be volatile at times. And it's not just on the scoreboard. There's kids that get sick or, you know, teammates that, that might have a tiff and they need to, uh, to work through or, or whatever it is. So hockey is kind of this, this special thing to where you put your helmet on, you go on the ice and, you know, you're allowed to, to uh, knock someone down. You're, you're allowed to steal a puck. You're allowed to, to swing a stick and you can't do that outside the rink. You, you know, you get in trouble for doing that. So just an overall awareness of what we're doing, why we're doing it. And I think it drives kids to, uh, um, to be able to, uh, to really think about that and brings them up a, another step or two. So I think that's, that's worked well. And you add in some talent, some skills and some structure, and it's, uh, it's been great. So feel lucky to, uh, to be a part of it. It all, it all comes together. It's almost like you were at my state tournament banquet speech that I gave uh, when I was hosting that last year. Were you there? Uh, I was. You were? No, I was not. Oh, I was going to say, because like, were you standing in the corner? Well, the, the reason I said that was because like, I, I, uh, <laughs> that was pretty good. You got me. Um, the awkward silence. Just like, geez, I didn't see you. Um, but yeah, that was, that was terrific. No, but one of the big messages that I said to the kids was, and you know, they're, they're words that they probably hear a lot, but I don't know if they know it. But as I kind of like fanned through the crowd, I, I felt like they were understanding what was being said. I said, just look around this room for a second. Just do it. Um, you know, there's eight teams sitting here. And if you take Minnesota high school hockey, boys or girls, and in this case, girls, for sure with the girls, you are not only among the best players in Minnesota, there's eight of you standing. There's a lot of great players that, that aren't here right now. But you're also among the best players in the United States and North America and the world. Right. It is fair to say at your age, no matter where you go, if you choose to play college hockey, if you're if it doesn't work out for you or if it's not in your cards or whatever it is, no matter no, no matter where you fit in the lineup, you are among the best in the world at something as a little girl that you set out to do in the world, period. Right. And I think sometimes right. that gets missed when we get so hyper focused, Ryan, on the results. And we start saying, well, they're, they're the turn. It, it, it's not the work that these kids have put in is amazing. And the coaching that they're getting from you guys really elevates it all. 
And when you watch it come together, it has to be pretty special. So this is a long-winded statement to question uh, in that what coaches have you used in your that obviously you're stealing stuff from guys that you liked what are those things and who are they i mean who doesn't right well it, it i mean it's something where I, I again um you know going back to to youth hockey you know me playing and playing in high school under greg treble to you know playing up at st cloud state under uh under Craig Dahl, it's, you know, it's all different types of coaches and it's not that you take, you know, multiple uh, things from every single coach, but just kind of an, and then you experience it as a player and, and you think about, you know, as yourself and, and how you can implement your style and your personality while also taking in, you know, the various coaches that you've used over time. Um, I think I, you know, I think about Treble a lot uh, from, from all the things he taught me, but <clears throat> excuse me, his style was very, different in, in terms of uh, um, how we demanded, you know, X, Y, Z, how we play, how we act, how we respect. It was very um, hard nose and it worked really, really well. Um, you know, where Craig Dahl was a little bit more, you know, he talked about different things. He might have processed things a little bit differently and, and you know, kind of blending the two to, uh, to think about how we can apply that in, in high school hockey. So it's not one person in particular. I think it's, it's multiple experiences and that's another thing that, that we talk about all the time as a team, um, almost to a point where I'm, I'm sure some of the girls uh, get sick of hearing it, but it's, um, you know, this is an experience. And I think that, you know, you mentioned in just kind of your last statement, yeah, it's not about the wins and losses, but it's, but, but wins happen if we're doing all the right, right things and we're enhancing this experience along the way. So I always say, like this is an experience and you're going to have high accountability you have high expectations and we're going to train like collegiate athletes, but within this kind of underlying feeling, we're going to have a heck of a time doing it. And I know it's, you know, a lot of people say that, but you have to be able to follow what you say. And I think that we do, you know, we, we practiced yesterday, started out a little choppy and, and uh, we reset as a group and um, had a hard conversation. And by the end of it, you know, we're playing three V three high competitive hockey and, and the girls seem uh, seem excited. So responding back to kind of things when when they're not perfect, but understanding the experiences that we're having are um, are incredible. They're going to remember. You know, I played fortunate again to play Division One hockey, but the one thing I remember most, one of the most exciting times of, of my entire hockey career, was playing the state tournament with my high school buddies at the at the uh, the Target Center back then. And, um, these memories these kids are going to have forever. So we try to try to make them aware of that and really live live in the moment while also trying to compete and and win. You know, it's really amazing when you when when everybody that's played at multiple levels and done everything. You know, even Neil Broughton will be the first to say the state tournament, and he won a cup. He played in the show forever. Uh, you played Division One, and you did all sorts of things that that happened along the way. The thing that always comes down to is that moment. That's the ultimate moment. And one of the things that I learned name drop time from Ed Belfour was never play, <laughs> never play the scoreboard. Um, I don't care if it's five nothing one way or the other. It's always zero zero. The second you start chasing scores as a goaltender or a player and chasing a game and thinking you're good or not good, you're in trouble. Because then you get right. off the game that you play. Now, if you if you expect if you got a three one four one lead and you just want to make them go two hundred feet, that's just a style of play change. But you can't pull off the gas from what you do. 
And I think that's just such an important thing. And then another thing that I heard from you is, uh, I didn't know where you're going to go with it, but you know, Greg Treble's name, I think is there's two people I put in the state of Minnesota that have had a massive impact on youth and high school hockey, like no others. And you're not going to believe the two that I'm going to say. One is Greg Treble and the other one's Herb Brooks. And I had this conversation with Dave Twilliger and Mike Ramsey once. I said, you know, you guys are living out Herb Brooks legacy. Look at all the coaches that went to the University of Minnesota or played on the Olympic team that are coaching at the youth and high school levels or beyond in Ramsey's case, or you got John Harrington down at uh, Minnesota State Mankato. Look at the legacy of how the game is played with what you guys are doing with your players. The exact same thing can be said true about Greg Treble and all of the guys that were either impacted by him at Bloomington Jefferson as a youth uh, with all those great JAG teams or with your Holy uh-huh. Angels teams. I mean, there's got uh, Jack Hillen, uh, killing it in Hopkins with the youth, was an incredible high school coach at Minnetonka yourself. I mean, you go on and on and on. I mean, it's, it's incredible the legacies those guys give. And what's going to be interesting to see is, is, is how that, that tree continues. You know, we, al- we always hear about the, the coaching trees in the NFL, right? Um, right? But it's very similar here in high school hockey with what these coaches have done. How important is it for you to make sure the players have the correct perspective on the game as a group? Um, well, first off, you're spot on on, on Trubs uh, and, and him and the impact he had on in hockey and and me. I mean, I, I you know can't test you know say one person uh, did everything for you, but he had massive impact on me, my career, and and really where I'm at today. So. Um, that, that was uh, that was spot on um i think about you know the the players the coaches you look at billy hanging now up at st cloud um the legacy that we're able to to leave back i think it's going to you know continue you, know, you talk about various players that um played at high level and then once they're retired you know sean podine he'll raise over up and nil before um the list of johnny pole now at over at hill murray and you hope that uh, that continues because you know you do feel um, and talking with other coaches that play at high levels that there's this part of you that wants you know you can't give your exact experience that you had to the kids but you can also know that your experience was so good that you want kids to to have something similar that they can remember and I think a lot of players that played at high level when you can get them to come back and they have this feeling of, of wanting to, you know, quote unquote, give back to the sport. Um, it's going to continue with the growth and, and, and the trajectory of, uh, of making hockey better. So. Well, buddy, I said 10 to 12 minutes and we doubled it. We're at about 24. And uh, right. that's because you're easy to talk to. You're a great interview <laughs> and you're the, you're, you're the man. So I uh, really appreciate it. And, and, you know, there's a ton of energy around your team. You play South St. Paul coming up on Saturday at the Richfield Ice Arena. To me, there's no better place to watch a high school hockey game than there. That place is all of ours as announcers' favorite place to be. You've got a great schedule. You're playing them all, man. You're going, bring it on, and it's going to be really fun (laughs) to watch your team on the MN Hockey TV, and we're looking very forward to the season and working with you and your kids. So thanks for joining us here on the OT Pod, and we'll probably hear plenty more from you throughout the season. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Ryan Lemire, the Academy of Holy Angels. We'll be back with more right after this.
And we thank you very much for joining the Overtime Hockey Podcast. A quick look into some scores uh, from Thursday night of, of Keynote that played out on the MN Hockey TV Network. Uh, Park defeated Bloomington Jefferson by a score of 4-2 to two in a non-conference tilt there. It was Brainerd Little Falls 3 and Buffalo nothing. In other action, Eden Prairie shuts out Chaska Chan in a crosstown rivalry 2 nothing. And then we also saw the Roseville Matamidi Marauders uh, fall to the Minnetonka Skippers 8 to nothing in the uh, opener for both of those teams as well. We had the game of the week, uh, the Hockey Night in Minnesota, that featured a 3 nothing Alexandria win over Ninth, uh, North Wright County. A couple of goals within a minute 59 seconds span late in the second period were the difference there with an empty netter. And then the Holy Family Catholic Fire defeats Simley by a score of 4-1 to open up the season there as well. And then uh, it was Centennial Spring Lake Park besting Eastridge by a score of 8-1. We were uh, off and running here with the uh, campaign. We're very excited about the things coming up this weekend. Ten games are on the slate this Friday uh, evening as we uh, post this podcast. Uh, we have River Lakes at Morris Bennett Benson. Breck is at Duluth up at the Heritage Center. You can get that on the network. Mankato West will be at Fairmont. We'll have that game for you. Rock Ridge plays host to St. Paul Two Rivers. That is on the network. Duluth Marshall and Roseau. Proctor Hermantown is at War Road. Boy, that game has a lot of interest. Hopkins Park and Visitation will be doing battle in Mendota Heights. Wyzetta is at Fergus Falls. Mankato East is at Minnesota River. And then Thief River Falls at Crookston. Our big marquee game will will be coming up tomorrow and that will be from the Richfield Ice Arena. It will feature the Academy of Holy Angels playing host to none other than the um, South St. Paul Packers and we heard all about the importance and all of the great historical value that game is going to bring on the 30th anniversary of the first ever high school girls hockey game played here in the state of Minnesota. My how far we've come and it's been an absolutely tremendous thing to watch as it has grown absolutely tremendously. I'm Pete Wagner. We'll be back with another podcast on Monday. This is the Overtime Podcast. So long, everybody.